This is exactly right. All right, Scotty, you re- you ready for bananas after dark? I'm ready to laugh and laugh and <laughs> laugh. I have a vodsod in hand. Me too. I'm ready to have a blast. Cheers to you, friend. Cheers. Here it is. This is bananas after dark, folks. Poop needle. <laughs> Dong chim is the South Korean game where children are allowed to poke you in the butthole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, getting right into it. It's it's always a little saucier on the bananas after dark. So we yeah, we go a little little wilder. All right, well, sit back, uh, relax, and let's get into a very special episode of bananas. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas After Dark. Mm. Mm. I mm. am Kurt Brownoler. I am Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. Thank you for listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was. And happy LGBTQ plus month, everybody, to our bananimals out there. Celebrate in your own way. Hell yeah, folks. We're happy to have Whatever's you. Whatever's cool with you, cool with us. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting right into it. I, um, I was thinking of the pod because I was in D.C. last weekend doing some, doing some D.C. stuff. Mm-hmm. And you missed I me by like a, a day, I think. I know yeah. it did. How was that show? They were great. There was there was five of them. They were all good. And I saw some bananas represented and put some put some of their needles in their butts and seeds. Uh huh. I love that. So I did a solo day at the zoo. I went to the zoo by myself to get some steps in. <laughs> Had to get those steps in. The National Zoo in Baltimore. I haven't been since I threw a pizza tube. Um, and I did eat a pizza tube while I was there. But I went, and it was a great day at the zoo to be just a strange guy without kids walking around. The animals were having a great time, and I noticed something, and I don't know if you do this. Do you pull your kids around in a wagon? Uh, sometimes. The wagon... You have a wagon. We have a wagon, but it's like a wagon that I got at Costco, and it's like got cloth sides, and it's mm-hmm. been rotting in the sun, such that if the children uh, lean against it in uh, any real way, they will just tumble out of it. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, I, I didn't know that. You know, I'm not up on all the parenting stuff of modern day parenting, and uh, it, it just kids being yanked around the zoo <laughs> in wagons like bags of mulch just dragged everywhere. Seems great. Yeah. So I go, I'm down near the, the big cats. I'm I'm going wild for the big cats. <laughs> and I go to the lions. And all the lions are standing up, which is rare. Yeah. Usually lions are asleep when you see them. Oh, and they're not standing up on two feet. They're standing up on four feet. Right. Okay. They're on four feet, but they're awake. <laughs> they're alert. Right. I, okay. I, I, I was enjoying the lions. What time is this? Is this morning time? This is probably like, t- probably about 1 p.m. That's probably a middle of the day. And it was hot. That weekend it was, was hot. Maybe they're standing up because they can't even lie down. Man, yeah. it was awful. And, like, I love all these people, but there's like a power mom, this mom on her own with two kids in this wagon, drags these kids up the hill towards the lions. And I'm like, this is going to be good because these kids are going to get to see lions. And they were probably, if I had to guess, five, around five, five, six, okay. very small kids. Still, still toddler-esque. Yeah. And they come up around the corner where you can see the lions. One of the lions exhibits was closed. The one I was at was open. Three lions standing up. The lit, This little girl, she's five-ish, hops out of the still-moving wagon, walks up right next to me, looks through the fence, sees the lions, and goes, oh, ho, ho, that is sus. Now that is sus. <laughs> and the mom... <laughs> And the mom is so tired of a, a whole morning at the zoo, probably five snacks and 20 restroom restru- breaks. She goes, I keep telling you, they're not fake. They are real. No, no, no. And, and the little girl goes, that is sus. That is sus. 
And the mom goes, they're not robots. Stop it. Get back in the wagon. I was laughing so loud. I probably scared the lions. It was the cutest thing. Oh, oh, oh that is sus. Now that is sus. Oh, Just looking at lions God. that weren't moving. Oh. It was the cutest. Oh, I was obsessed with little kids. That is so funny. I just, I want to know the story of where she came up with the, or where, so who put it in her mind that maybe the, all of the animals at the zoo are animatronic. <laughs> uh, and all oh, day long, ho, I just love, oh, ho, ho, now that is sus. Oh, my that God, is that's sus. so And funny. she was so, like, little lisp, it was adorable. Oh, so anyways, I think they were real. They looked real to this old dog. I remember being in Baltimore, I went to the... I think in college, I, it was like, I don't know, my first year in college. I was 18, 19 years old. And I went to Baltimore Aquarium. Um, Great one. Very, very stoned. And, uh, <laughs> and it, which is very much like being a five-year-old. Uh, and I remember just walking around, and I just got it in my head. It just like kind of like went on that of like, it's all furniture. <laughs> this is all living furniture. We're just walking around looking at furniture. I was like in the wow. whole like, <laughs> these animals are on display for our appreciation. Oh, oh might I as see. well they just be furniture. I was very, I was in the, my punk phase where I would just scream fuck a lot. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Also like the least chill guy to be walking yes. near at the Baltimore for Aquarium. Real great aquarium a beautiful aquarium what a fun place to go to i can't wait to go to there again absolutely uh are you ready for this poop needle yeah yeah i need to hear it again here it is i thought you were saying somebody's name i thought you were going to be like was named koreans korea's craziest name because nope. you were like poop needle and i was like here we go somebody named their kid poop needle so poop needle it, it the is dong chim dong chim is the game and i guess that Got translates it. roughly to poop needle here it is Beware the poop needle. This is, oh, this is in the sun, the U.S. sun. I apologies to everyone. Uh, and this is by Jacob yeah, Lewis, sorry. deputy travel editor. Best in the biz. Congratulations on being named wow. deputy travel editor. I wonder if there's a sheriff travel editor. <laughs> <laughs> He's no longer a detective yeah. travel editor. He's the deputy travel editor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because good for you congratulations Not best in the biz i don't think <laughs> congratulations yeah. because nothing can prepare you for the shock of south korea's craziest pastime dong chim which translates as poop needle in korean is a uh -huh. popular prank and you can see why i'm into this in a moment is a popular prank that involves using your index fingers plural to poke to someone between their bum cheeks with as much force as you can muster not cool. <laughs> that is assault now. <laughs> Maybe that was something else back in the day. This Don't is do this. Very popular. The bizarre hobby <laughs> is practiced by children of all ages across South Korea and is treated by adults as a perfectly normal prank. In fact, when one Korean town <laughs> wanted to oh, build boy. a statue of two youngsters mm -hmm. frolicking by the ocean, they decided one oh, child should be jamming the other in the bottom. And there is a picture of this. <laughs> And it is what you imagine. It's so put. It's like putting your hands together as like a gun, with your okay. with both index fingers meeting, and then jabbing it into someone's butthole. That's the game. Okay, that's who the has game. the time. Oh my! God. Children have the time. What do you mean? Who has yeah. the time? <laughs> children. Also, don't kids have little briefcases and little stuff? <laughs> like I don't know. What do children do? <laughs> This is also people have been giving me shit about the game Squanchy that I played one day. Love Squanchy. Yeah. Uh, on my first day of first grade. This is mm, very popular. Squanchy. Uh, here it is. Uh, <laughs> and then there's all these photographs of um, Koreans going in different places and you know, as a joke doing the poop needle to people. There's one guy doing it to the. Uh, the like the the new the charging bull in Wall Street, <laughs> yeah. just double fingers up the butt. Uh, Do you think kids today could play TV tag? Do you think like because they don't watch TV really, right? Like little kids, I guess watch animated shows. But do you think a ten-year-old or twelve-year-old could even name enough awesome TV shows to play TV tag? Sure, totally. Okay, There's, good answer. They don't they don't watch they don't watch like terrestrial TV, but they watch TV. 
You know, okay. they they it would Good mostly be like Pokemon. You know, I see. Because yeah. That's fun. That was a good game. Um, so, of course, this was sent in by Copy Haste. Sorry, I have not mentioned that yet. Well, he is good at that. This is very he good. Go- He's good at sending he things He also in. was like, check out this video game oh, called Boonga Boonga. And this is from Japan. <laughs> and oh, it boy. is connected, uh, basically. So, this is from the Boonga Boonga... <laughs> Uh, Wikipedia page. So this is directly okay. related. So this was a so, South yep. Korean company um, that created this video game in 2001. They created it. Uh, and the game is... there. The it's like, a, it's like a stand-up cabinet arcade game where you have a giant plastic two fingers in the uh, poop needle hand thing, and then there's a there's a rumpus, if you will, of a physical... A classic rumpus. A, cla- a physical rumpus on the game. And then the screen is the person's face. And then you try and jab the plastic fingers as hard as you can into the butt. And then it gives you a score. Okay? Now that I could get into. <laughs> now that sounds pretty fun. So... uh the object of Boonga, this is from the overview. The object of Boonga Boonga is to score points by performing Concho, which is a Japanese version of Poop Needle, on a model oh of a human posterior embedded in the game's cabinet. A plastic finger is attached to the machine for players to perform mm-hmm. the latter. The game features eight characters players can punish so- <laughs> ex girlfriend, <laughs> ex boyfriend, gangster. No. Mother-in-law, okay. gold digger, prostitute, child molester, and con artist. Dis- which is the sex workers now. craziest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the sex worker now. I'm pro-con artist, pro-gangster. If I'm going to be poop-needling anybody, <laughs> it's those two bozos. During gameplay, the facial expression of the chosen character is displayed on a monitor. The ga- <laughs> <laughs> Here it comes. This is the best part. The game also dispenses cards that rate players on their sexual behavior quote it's on quotes i don't know what that means crazy okay and for players who perform exceptionally well the machine will dispense a small plastic trophy in the shape of a pile of feces (laughs) oh god what a treat for years to come you could just put that in your office and stare at it remember that triumphant night so while an initial contract was made for distribution of 200 units in japan only five units were ever actually distributed Oh, that's even weirder. So now it's like a real collector's it's item. It's a real collector's item. Now, wow. <laughs> Scotty, I, yes. this is the best thing ever. This, again, led me down. This led me down a whole rabbit's hole. You got the time. I got the time. This is Bananas After Dark, guys. <laughs> cheers. Yeah, but cheers to you. I know. You started off with a bang with this one. This is crazy. So these are. this is from Digitizer. Um mm. And which is like, like a video game kind of, I guess, site. And uh, this is from 2015. This is called Six Bizarre Japanese Arcade Games. So, <laughs> number six. I'm going to go through all six because they keep getting better, Scotty. Where am I going? I'm having fun already. Here it is. The first one is called Submarine Catcher. Mm-hmm. So, this is a claw game. You, you know, <laughs> a classic claw enough. game, right? I'm loving it. I'm very good at this. Submarine catcher. What could we be catching? Are we catching submarines? Well, I would assume so. We're catching live lobsters, Scotty. <laughs> 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 that then get deposited. And they just fall out on the ground. And you have a live lobster that you could go home from the arcade game with. They are called claw games. Those things are called yes, claw machines. Yes. Call it a claw machine, and then you catch lobsters. It's that's a, a, put it in a pot, take it home. It's brilliant. Uh, <laughs> there's, I mean, I'm loving it. There's Chokabudai Gaishi, which is overturning a table in anger. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a great game. It looks like an amazing game. It's a table, uh, and then you just you flip it up as hard as you can, and like that's you get yep. a score as how far you can flip it. I up. love that. I love that too. Boonga Boonga obviously is on this list. Here's here is a game that was made for Scotty okay. Landis. Wow! It's called the Tablecloth Hour. Mm. Do you know what it is, Scotty? No, I I know what a tablecloth is, and I I've, I've, I've heard of an hour. 
We've all tried whipping a tablecloth off of a fully laden table, having sunk a few oh, sherries too many at the governor's reception. What? Uh, yep, the typical <laughs> way to socialize. <laughs> just, just the most American way to socialize. <laughs> the tablecloth hour lets you relive those moments without the consequence of being presented with a large bill for broken crockery or being stripped of your medal for best dancer at the governor's reception. The novel controller works exactly as you might expect. Whip it away smoothly enough, and you'll get points for everything you don't break. So it is an actual tablecloth that is on a flat thing, and then the items are on the screen, and you literally like whip it off. And if you do it with... Great idea. It's an amazing idea. I would have no quarters in my life. If I, this house would be quarter free. I would play that all the time. Didn't you do? Didn't you had a have a thing that you wrote where it was, you had a car whip a tablecloth yeah. off. I did uh, my first TV show with the great host Johnny Pemberton, our buddy boy. Um, was called Mega Drive, and the fastest street legal car at the time, zero to sixty, which I, I bet the Tesla beats it now. I'm not I'm even sure. sure. It does. It was yeah. called an Aerial Adam. Okay, and it was. Super fast, and we did a thing where we tied, uh, we put a cable to the back of the aerial atom, and we had 200 or 100 champagne flutes full of champagne on a tablecloth, <laughs> and then Johnny just gunned it uh-huh. zero to 60 as hard as he could. And only, and there were one of the uh, executive producers, one of the people that was my boss at the time, was like, There is no way that all of these don't fall. And it was on a racetrack, middle of the day. And I think one fell. I think it worked. It worked so fast. <gasps> and it was, I, I can't remember if there was a $50 bet involved, but it, like, it worked. It 100% worked. We also did a funny thing with the Ariel Adam. Also, Johnny crashed it in that episode, which he, like the only episode where he lost control and actually crashed <gasps> the car that we were borrowing. And it's probably like a $250,000 car. Yes. <laughs> so I think I got that job because I was, everybody else submitted all the other comedy writers and stuff in new york but i was just submitting the craziest stupidest silliest things i could like very looney tunes yeah road runner wiley coyote level of stuff and we we <laughs> i totally forgot about this one of the things we did is we got a taxidermy raccoon and we tied a piece of dental floss around its fang, and then Johnny accelerated and pulled its tooth. But then the next thing we did is we got a local guy who was going to go to the dentist and get a tooth no. pulled, and we pulled, we put floss around his tooth and tied it to the back of this race car, and Johnny gunned it and pulled the tooth no, out of this really guy's worked. mouth. No, it really worked. It really worked? Clean. 100% like the old thing where you like shut the door yeah, yeah, and yeah. slam the yeah, door yeah, up. Yeah. We did it with a the fastest street legal car at the time, and it 100% worked. Uh, we had four or five cameras rolling in slow motion, and we pulled this guy's tooth out, so he got free dental work. Oh, I love it that It was incredible. So much. <laughs> yeah. I would just write these things because I had never worked on TV before. I was like, I'm just going to write the silliest thing I can think of, and thank God Rob Anderson was my thank boss because he was like, yeah, let's do it. I love it so much. Um, yes. We got two more games, and then it's I'm loving you. these games. I, these I wish games this never too. ended. I'm I'm booking my flight to Japan right now. This one's called the Sega Toilet. Uh, I could take a guess. <laughs> yep, part arcade game, part urinal. The toilet from the people who brought you Sonic the Hedgehog. Great game. Features a sensor in the bowl which registered how hard you are urinating. This then translates into on-screen action, such as filling a coffee cup, making milk come out of someone's nose. What? That's funny. I'm laughing. Or lifting a woman's skirt. Come on. Uh, it always goes it that always way. It always goes there. Stop being creeps, you creeps. <laughs> Fucking weirdos. Just leave them alone. Again, it's easy to do. We're not making these up. Uh, yeah, God, no. <laughs> and then the last one is Inunu Osanpo, which is walk the dog. And it Very easy. is you, you walk a dog. <laughs> it is literally a moving sidewalk with a dog yeah. on a leash. Uh, basically a treadmill with a plastic dog stuck to it while walking on the spot. You must grab the beast's leash and steer him around obstacles. The aim of the game, from what we can gather, is to make the dog happy. Presumably the fewer things he walks face first into, the happier he becomes, much like normal dogs. Oh, my God. And that is it. I did three different things in my first story, Scott. I loved all of them. There was a thing right when computers came out and in elementary school or middle school, whenever that was, 
there was a kid in my class, and I'm sorry if I told this story before, but we had to learn typing on little Macintosh, our little Apple Performas, mm-hmm. and there was a game, and you probably remember this game, where you typed, and if you got the word right, it was a guy running versus the computer, and there were hurdles. And the faster you type, the faster your little avatar guy ran. And so the teacher, the first couple weeks, you would just type. You type whatever sentence was on screen as fast as you could, and we all were losing so bad. This was like the dawn yeah. of computers, so we were all hunting and pecking with one finger. That's how I still type. Yeah, we were we were using the old poop needles, and we were getting in there, <laughs> and... And then we got like to week three or four, and she would put loose leaf paper over our hands so we couldn't cheat. So we had to be oh on the wordy, oh whatever God. that crap's called. Also, I'm a professional writer, and I still don't type correctly. I don't type so wordy. You don't need it. You don't um, need it, folks. But there was this kid, this kid that was so funny. And oh, the other thing is, is if your avatar fell, it would go. <laughs> so that was like the crash sound. It's very digital. <laughs> and then across the room, it's just. <laughs> yeah. It was just, yeah. So it's all of us. And we're like feeling bad. We're trying to do the right thing. We're all little good Catholic school kids type typing away. And it's just like I ate an apple. It was on the table. <laughs> and then this kid, Pat, Pat Sabatino was his name. Oh, good and, and good Pat name. Sabatino figured out. That even if you fell, ugh, if you just hit the keys fast enough, your guy would sprint so hard before it realized you got the word wrong. So the teacher was like, Pat, don't do that. But he was winning every single race. And you would just look at his little game player, and it would be a guy like Usain bolting it as fast as he can and going like, ugh, ugh, ugh. And he's still winning, just plowing through hurdles. I mean, that's like capitalism 101 right there. Yeah. It's like, just go for it. It really Lessons is. Just plow learned. through it. You got to the finish line. <laughs> oh, man. It was a lesson learned in life. Oh. Here's one from Aaron Ehrman. Since we did copy haste, I'll jump ahead and get old Aaron. Um, Page Roasting Company, Champagne, Toast of the Country, Illinois. They never went for it. That mayor of Champaign, Illinois is a real nincompoop. That's crazy, man. Toast of the... Yep. I don't understand why they're not... Why no one thought of that in 1955. It's yes. the best tagline for a, a city Champagne, ever. Champagne, Illinois. The toast of the country. that we I sent, I would say, low estimate 25 postcards to her office or to the city council. Zero response. I guess they don't like us out on the West Coast. Any if hooters. anybody knows the mayor of Champaign, mm. Illinois, let's, let's get a sit down. Let's get a yep. sit down. We'll... We'll pitch it hard. We'll put together a pitch deck. We don't care. Absolutely. I have nothing. We got one slogan, and we're going to pitch it hard. It's a great slogan. The merch alone. You would sell a couple cool, a cool Uh, martini glass clinking. Oh, you kidding me? Come on, Champagne. They're going to have new lights on that baseball field within a week. Uh, We've got bubbles. (laughs) <laughs> we got. Oh, did you ever tell that? I no, love that. That was from John. <laughs> I love our buddy John Daly went to um, uh, Abu Dhabi. Or it was Abu Dhabi and Dubai. He went to both, um, and it was right around uh, New Year's Eve. And I think mm-hmm. in Dubai they had so they've so alcohol is legal, but they're not allowed to advertise it on the radio, right? Um, and but they have all these radio ads, and it was for New Year's Eve, and so it was all these like British men doing voiceover, going, "Come to Insane. Club Six Six Six, we've got bubbles," because <laughs> they're not allowed to say like we're an we're an alcohol establishment, uh, yeah. so they could say we've got bubbles. What a nerd! I'm gonna just only call champagne and beer from now on bubbles. I'm just gonna be like, I'm drinking bubbles <laughs> yeah, tonight. I'm drinking vodka sodas. I'm drinking bubbles tonight. We're drinking bubbles. <laughs> Here we go. Mm. Man steals lawnmower, cuts the victim's grass, and then takes off running. Oh, great! I love this. Fantastic. This was on CBS News, written by truly the best well, in the business. Man. Tori B. Powell. Oh, Tori B. Powell? Tori B. Powell goes, here's above. She goes beyond that. That's how good she is. That's what the B is. Mm -hmm. Beyond Powell. Beyond. Damn, she's good. A local police department 
<clears throat> is asking the public for information on a man accused of stealing a lawnmower from a property and using it to mow the victim's lawn. <laughs> Marcus Hubbard is wanted for the burglary of a building, according to Port Arthur Police Department. Hubbard was caught on security video, and there is a video, and it's very laughable. Okay. Burglarizing the home last month, the department said on its Facebook page. According to police, Hubbard took the lawnmower from the home without the owner's consent and then proceeded to mow their front and backyard. <laughs> okay, so this is thing. at night. This is at night. This is at he night. He steals their lawnmower. Were they Starts home? It up. Were they home? Uh, it doesn't say. They must that have they not were been home, home, right? Yeah, they would have heard that. Also, it's a pull. It's a push mower, so he had to pull start that thing. <laughs> if you've never done that, sometimes you got to pump the choker, choke a couple times. You got to yank, yank, yank. It ain't easy. It, they they got to know this person. They have to know this person. He's like, I'm gonna steal it, but I'll I'll fucking mow their lawn first. Yes. So this is the part where it gets a little interesting. When when authorities arrived, Hubbard. Fled the area, but brought the lawnmower with him. He later grew tired and left the lawnmower in an alley to evade arrest, which he did. This what? guy is in fantastic physical what? shape. He got away. They're looking for him. Wait, he so, is not, so they don't know who did it? He took that lawnmower and ran away and got away, ditched it in an alley, and then now the Port Arthur Police Department are asking the public to report any information on the incident and call the tip line. It will be confidential, I, <laughs> and there's a potential cash reward. But it's so funny. Why is there a cash reward? They should pay this guy $15 for mowing their grass. I have never heard of a more uh, meth like crime. This is yeah. a guy who's like, I'm going to steal this lawnmower. Oh, look at this grass. Oh, this is very unkempt. Oh, <laughs> I love the smell of fresh cut grass. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't leave it like this. I can't leave it like this. Oh, <laughs> oh look at the back. The back's bad, too. I got to do oh. the back. <laughs> <laughs> I know. he probably do the little crisscross classy thing that drives the neighbors wild. I want to see David Lynch direct this movie about this guy mm -hmm. pushing his lawnmower. Thank you. Um... Yeah, so I guess if you, I, this guy, they know who it is, so I guess it's only a matter of time. He must have a record, because if not, you're like, what did he do, really? He borrowed a lawnmower. He didn't take it. Like, they got it back. Yeah. He left it. I think this is sort of a, a shake your hands and say, don't do it again, young man. I don't know. Yeah. Marcus Hubbard, if you're out there. I mean, we, we do know you're out there. It is Marcus Hubbard, right? That's the name? It is. It I like is. that they have a name for him, too. Start a lawn mowing or a landscaping company. You love just, just, to mow, bro. You got the free press, bro. Call it, mow. Call it Clips at Night. You know, Eclipse. Ooh. <laughs> All right, that uh, that's not bad. Did you see that blood moon a couple weeks ago? I did. I did indeed. It was very impressive. Uh, it was really big, and it was like right at the end of my street, and it, and a bunch of people were just out looking at the moon in the street yeah, nice. in the city, which was like this is nice because I feel like when you're in the city, you simply don't notice that there's an amazing thing happening at all times. Bright above red you. too. It was red red. Yeah, I thought. When there, there's always these things where it's like, this is going to be the last weird ass eclipse. This is the, of the super two thousand. This years, is the super blue boring. moon, and you're like, ah, what? I can't see it or whatever. Yeah, seen it. Not more interesting than my phone screen, but that that blood moon was on point. Um, the first major party I threw in college, major party on campus, big one, like uh, like a, a two hundred person plus party. Oh my god, you had like a eighties teen sex comedy party, dude. We threw so many. My buddy Franco would be the cup master. He didn't drink at the time, so he would wear a backpack full of solo cups, and we would tie a solo cup onto his head, and <laughs> you would have to buy. But we were really cool, so we would only charge two dollars for a cup, uh -huh. um, and nobody. Uh, like nobody would be like what the hell everybody's like this is very cool thank you so much so frank would be the cup master super low rates and then we had tons of parking and we lived our house was in belchertown massachusetts okay. great name for chugging beer mm -hmm. and <laughs> surrounded by trees and nobody ever really bothered us out there so we would set up beer pong tables in the back we would build ice luges and you know, oh, take wait, an iron like, and build incredible it was like in the country a little bit yeah it was, it was like just... in the woods and it was your house yeah. and then like woods around it yeah, a couple houses to left and right, but they were also college students. Oh, wow. So it was a party house. These parties would get so big, sometimes I would get invited to my own parties. Um, <laughs> people would be like, we're going to this house. I'm like, that's where I live. <laughs> and so we did not understand how big this was going to get. And then people, of course, we had like three or four kegs going. Yeah. But people brought their own everything. And then we had all these little shots and everything you can do. 
So as I'm going to sleep, I like look out off the deck and just the sheer number of people and trash. I'm like, well, I know tomorrow is going to be like the worst day of cleanup of all time. Also, I should note that we made like a big thing of just, you know, whatever you call it, wherever you're from, where you just dump every alcohol you have left over and a ton of fruit punch and a ton of like orange soda. And you're just like, here's punch. Yeah. Drink it. But then we were so weird, we peeled bananas and put them in there just to be stupid. So nobody drank it because it looked disgusting (laughs) just to see these bananas falling apart. Uh So then we decided to convince all these people to go bobbing for bananas in this giant (laughs) uh, Tupperware bin. And these two kids were like, fuck it, I'll do it. So we wanted to psych them up and we didn't know what to chant. So my buddy just started saying Taliban. <laughs> so then we had 200 mass holes chanting Taliban while two kids that didn't know each other had their heads completely submerged <laughs> in giant punch and one came up with like a banana in his mouth. <laughs> Fantastic party is what I'm saying. Great party. And if there so was, anyways, and God, thank God YouTube did not exist at that time. All social media didn't exist. Smartphones, yeah. like people had what I, two megapixel cameras back then. It would have just looked like a Qbert game happening and people chanting like meow 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 meow. meow. It'll just been us running going. Ugh, ugh. So I uh, we all pass out. There are five guys living in the house. Yeah. People passed out everywhere. I wake up in the morning to snickering and whistling and laughter. The sun is pouring through my downstairs basement room windows, and I just see muddy bare feet (laughs) prancing around my yard. And I look out the window, and there are four or five women who are wearing flowy, almost like tapestry-looking dresses, cleaning the yard, just just picking up all the trash. They're they're college age. They must have gone to UMass. They were clearly enhanced. They were on something that was making them very enhanced. So I was arguably the most responsible at the time in that house. So I go upstairs, and a guy named John, who would often crash on our sofas at parties, is looking out this big window at them. And he's like, these hippie girls are cleaning the yard. And I'm like, what? He's like, they look like little fairies out there. They're cleaning the yard. And these girls were just like zonked out of their minds. And they were so nice. And Western Mass is very green. Yeah. Uh, Some would describe it as crunchy. So I think that they were just cleaning up and recycling as they went. And we're watching them. And so I open up my sliding glass door that's upstairs. And I'm like, thank you so much for this. And they just laugh and continue cleaning like little (laughs) cleaning fairies. And then my buddy, this guy, John, goes, should we toss them some food? And I was like, they're not livestock. <laughs> like, we don't have to. Should we? We can go down and offer them food. food. But I think he just thought we were going to, like, take handfuls of food and be like, thanks, creatures. <laughs> but they're, And then they just left. They all just got in somebody's car and drove away. I have no idea who they were. But to this day, it was like a mystical. And I wasn't on drugs. It wasn't like I was yeah. just fantasizing this and cleaning it up Fantasia style. But yeah, these little cleaning hippie fairies in Western Mass saved me from four hours of shitty hungover labor. Oh my god, that's beautiful. Also, exact- so I like hippies. Oh man, hell yeah, I like a hippie. I'm into it, especially if they yeah. love to clean. Clean hippies. Yes. <laughs> oh, a two thousands hippie, totally nice person. Uh, totally nice. Let me give you a teaser into. Oh, a little teaser. I'm having fun. I'm, having I'm gonna fun. crack open another. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some more bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> bubbles. We've got bubbles. We got bubbles. All right, here it is. The here it is. U.S. government report proposed nuking the moon. <laughs> Newly released documents reveal. I mean, what is <laughs> sure? <laughs> All right. Cover your heads, watch your sixes. We'll be back with this Bananas After Dark. Hey, folks, we are back with mm-hmm. more bananas. You know what just happened as we took- What happened to you? Took our, our break to- to Get more bubbles. To get more bubbles. Uh, 
so my dog, <laughs> my dog always does this, and okay, which is whenever I get up from sitting on the couch, uh-huh. she will then come and sit exactly where I was sitting, and then when I come back, she moves over and goes back to where she was sitting. And Adorable. My and and like it's like a very it's a difference between how my wife and I view the dog because in my opinion what's happening is the dog's like there's a warm spot and we'll get that warm spot and in Lauren's opinion (laughs) the dog the dog is instinctually keeping the spot warm for me so like moving over to like keep it warm until I return and then going back and I don't mm. think that there's any way that that is possibly true. But I love that she will defend this dog to That's the beautiful. end of the earth. She will defend That's the dog beautiful. to the end. Of the earth. It's very beautiful. Well, I like her version because it's beautiful. It's very nice. Also, guys, uh, if this comes, in, this will come out June seventh and eighth. Seventh, seventh and eighth. June. 7th. See you tonight. Yeah, tonight. Uh, we're in Denver, in Denver, Colorado. Come on out to that. Uh, June 17th. I'm in San Diego. Yes. June. Here's a new one, Scotty. Just got set today. June 23rd. Look at my guy. June 23rd, 24th, and 25th in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, what a town. Doing some stand-up at Comedy on State, which is a great club. You're going to love it. Great club. Come on out. I have no idea how many people, anybody in Wisconsin, come to Madison. It's a fun time. Have fun for once. I mean, I'll hang out with anybody in Madison, Wisconsin. This guy's going to have an immune boy summer. Hell yeah. This is going to be great. And then, of course, July 14th, Asbury Park. July 17th, the Bell House in Brooklyn. Scotty, got any shout outs? Yes, I do, and I'm glad I'm a little drunk for this because we got to call something here, Curdy B. Yeah, we we can no longer do birthday shows. Yes, I agree. I'm so sorry to our beloved Bananimals. I went so I screen grab everything you guys send me, and I went back through my screen grabs and just birthdays alone. I was 83 behind. Yeah, because we don't record every week. So right. we, when we have live shows, we don't record. So, anyways. I'm going to get to some. I have one serious shout out, and then I'm going to hammer through like 15 quick birthday ones. And then I'm so sorry. We love you guys are so great interacting with us on direct messages. It just has, it turns out everybody has a birthday every year. What? Which, news to this old dog. Anyways, and so this, this is, is a real one. And this is for everyone who skips this shout out section. We'll know it. You, you know. <laughs> We we'll get know a, it now. We get a text every time you skip. Just so you know, we are yep. aware of every time you skip our yes our shout out. We session. are we are the urban legend of the thing you can put in a swimming pool. So if somebody pees <laughs> in it, it dyes different colors around them, it's so you can see brilliant. that they wazzle. What? It definitely, a dad invented that. Yeah, hundred percent, not real at all. It's impossible, and still. Genius. And still to this day, I don't pee in pools because I think it might be a thing. Just in case. Just in case. <laughs> Just in case. It got stained all around you. <laughs> Any hoozles. Uh, oh, no, that's what they say on the dollop. Who we love. Um, we want to shout out uh, Jan Dekoff. Jan, thank you for the wonderful message. We're sending lots of love to you during this tough time. Jan sent us a very beautiful DM. So, Jan, we're thinking about you. And then, like I said, the bananas, the bananimals have birthdays every year. It's crazy to us. Uh, the birthdays have become unwieldy. So, to be fair, I'm going to rattle off a bunch right now, but this is it for the banana stuff. You, we'll do shout outs in the future, but it's just, we can't do bananas. I mean, excuse me, we, I'm drunk. <laughs> we can't do birthdays. We can't do birthdays anymore. While Scotty uh, rattles off the, the, yes, the last of the birthday bananas, I will sing a song. That says goodbye to birthdays. That. Okay. I love this. Happy birthday mm-hmm. to Brittany from Ben. Mm-hmm. Happy belated belated birthday to Good Robin night. Tuttle. Birthdays. <laughs> Happy birthday, Alexis and Sophia from I think it's Michaela. It could be Mickeyala. So but anyways, sorry. you are all at our Fort Wayne show. You Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Alexis Myers from Jordan. Good night. Rachel. Happy birthday birthdays. from Emily H. We're Brit so says, sorry. Happy, very extremely that belated birthday to her husband, to Chris. Madison. Kurt's going to be performing in it's Madison. It's late outside. 
she's a news producer in Florida. Happy belated birthday, Madison. Jess from Katie Langley. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to Miranda, I think it is. Miranda, we love you. Have a great year. And finally, (laughs) the last birthday on Bananas is Natalie Bunnell. Natalie shares the same birthday as our benevolent overlord, Georgia Hart Stark. June 8th, who I saw Georgia last week. We had a very fun time at Club TG together. So... Good Happy birthday to all our bananas! Anybody who has a banana in the next uh, banana, Good anybody that has a birthday in the next twelve months. Happy birthday. We love you. No more. We'll just say happy Good birthday on your own. birthdays on banana. God, that was gorgeous. That was poetry. That Good was gorgeous. Goodbye. Here you want to, Curtie B, I've been getting in shape for our tours. You know, I want to have the endurance to talk for 90 yes. minutes about silly content with some of our beloved bananas. You're doing Adrian? So been running, You've been doing yoga by I've been Adrian? running the stairs. Well, I have yoga with Adrian. I have FitBot, that app that yep. we're doing ads for now, which actually is pretty damn cool. Love that FitBot. But I've been running the Baxter Stairs. Oh, have you ever yeah, done the yeah, Baxter yeah, yeah. Stairs? Baxter Stairs are 230 stairs, very steep stairs, right near Elysian Park. And I started walking them a few weeks ago, and now I'm up to running them, and I ran them today. And I was like, I wonder how many stairs this is, because I get too exhausted. I feel like I'm going to die, so I stopped counting around 100 and something. Mm-hmm. So I look online, and uh, there's a, a Yelp for it, of course. Well, who wouldn't Yelp stairs? Dude. So it was all these people like, great workout, cool view of the city, ouch, my butt hurts, like all that kind of stuff. And then some legend just wrote the review, a great place to smoke cigarettes in the rain. <laughs> Also, it rains so rarely, <laughs> exactly in Los Angeles that this is this is a this is a once a year event on the Baxter uh, stairs. Such a great review of such a dumb fitness thing. <laughs> I love it. Oof. All right, you ready for this story? Yeah, hit me, homeboy. Here it is. If you've forgotten what it is, uh, I have. It's called U.S. government report proposed nuking the moon. Newly well, I mean, what is happening? Reveal. It's amazing. This is uh this was on LiveScience.com, uh, written mm-hmm. by Brandon Spector, and uh, I'm pretty sure I just Ooh. found this on my own. If this was sent in by someone, I deeply, deeply apologize. Best to it. in the business. Here it Brandon, is. Brandon B I T B Spector. The U.S. government's now defunct Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program (AATIP). Sounds important. Spent mm-hmm. millions of taxpayer dollars to research bizarre experimental technologies such as invisibility okay. cloaks. I'm into it. Anti-gravity devices, mm-hmm. traversable wormholes, and a proposal to tunnel through the moon <laughs> with nuclear explosives, according to dozens of documents obtained by Vice.com. The documents, which include nearly uh, 1,600 pages of reports, proposals, contracts, and meeting notes, reveal some of the stranger priorities of AATIP, a secretive Department of Defense program that ran... And you Uh would imagine, Scotty, that this program ran, oh, I don't know, from 1969 to 1974, right? Yeah, I would guess something exactly like that. 2007 to 2012. Okay. But only became known to the public in 2017 when the program's former director resigned from the Pentagon. Uh, this that year, AATIP mm-hmm. became synonymous with UFOs thanks to several now infamous videos of unidentified aircraft moving in seemingly impossible ways. That former director Luis Elizondo leaked to the press after his regna- resignation. But the new documents suggest AATIP was up to more than just investigating reported UFO encounters. The entire cache of 51 documents obtained by Vice via a uh, Freedom of Information Act request filed four years ago can be read here. Uh, Perhaps most intriguing among the documents are the several dozen defense intelligence referendum documents which discuss the viability of various advanced technologies. This is what we're talking Mm -hmm. about. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 smart people stuff. Yeah, it's all all like wormhole stuff, invisibility What I'm into is... bubbles (laughs) can you do a report on bubbles dod (laughs) many of the also yes i think that guy luis elizondo is a fraud 
I think you that do? guy's fake. What? I think that guy was posing as something. I saw some. Uh, well, one huge fan of last podcast on left. Mm-hmm. We love Henry Zabrowski, yep. old school buddy. But I was watching some Showtime doc on called UFO on my flights. Mm-hmm. Just I love a good. That's great watching on oh, an airplane. Hell yeah! And they were talking about recent UFO stuff, and I think that guy's full of crap. But maybe I'm totally wrong. Oh, I thought he actually like ran the Pentagon. Um, I well, maybe not. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get corrected. We'll at find some out. Point. Yeah, we will get corrected. Someone corrected me. <laughs> Someone corrected us. Someone emailed us to just tell me that a shindig was a big party because <laughs> I oh, was making well, fun of. Uh, red Hot Chili Peppers. I'm addicted to the shindig. And so someone just, oh, yeah. bang, bang, someone bang, bang, just bang. like copy and pasted the definition of shindig, which is apparently a oh. large party. So Egg on your face. M- my apologies to the Red Hot Chili Pepper community <laughs> if I insulted the shindig. All right, so here we are. We're back at this. Uh, so the whole point is let's actually just figure out how we're supposed to nuke the, mu- the moon. Uh, because they're just a bunch of like you know different. I'm against it. <laughs> there was I say no. There's an old Mister Show sketch about we're gonna blow up the moon, which I is so that. funny. Yes. So I love that they actually wrote uh, like millions of dollars. Uh, of course, here it is. Many of the reports obviously stress the impractical. Imp- impracticalities of implementing advanced nice. technologies, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the DR, DIRD report on invisibility cloaking, for example, the author, the author writes that perfect cloaking devices are impossible because they require materials where the speed of light approaches infinity. However, Sounds like a quitter. cloaking devices that make objects invisible to micro blah, 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 blah. blah. Um, Other reports do not shy away from bold, sometimes outlandish outlandish proposals. I mean, we're in it now, boy. (laughs) Cut that out. Cut that out, (laughs) Katie. Leave it in. Sometimes. You said landish. (laughs) Sometimes outlandish proposals for realizing advanced technologies. In a report on, quote, negative mass propulsion, the author proposes a plan to look for extremely lightweight metals in the center of the moon. Me too. Maybe a hundred thousand times lighter than steel, but still have the strength of steel. I love also the way that this is written, that it's that it that it could be that these do not exist in the center of the moon. <laughs> that yeah. there's like a, a a good chance that they these are not real things. Yeah. To reach this. Well, there's only one big way to find <laughs> to out. Reach, we got a blast off. To reach the center of the moon, the author suggests blasting a tunnel through the lunar crust and mantle using thermonuclear explosives. That's pretty great. Yep. There it is, folks. That is. How we're gonna nuke the moon, and we're not gonna do it because this was, you know, gotten rid of. But again, this was uh, also all not long ago, this, ten years ago, and also all a scam too. So this was handed to the company, uh, this company called Bigelow. <laughs> Sounds uh, real. It. Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space. Oh, that, that guy's is. a huge deal. That guy's a huge really? deal. That guy's like a billionaire. Robert oh, yeah, Bigelow. Oh, he's crazy. He's got this wild mustache. He's he look oh he's insane he's insane right because it's the company yeah. run by Robert Bigelow a personal yeah. friend of late Senator Harry Reid very close who was responsible for the creation of AATIP so That's Harry right. Reid created AATIP and then awarded his friend a ten million dollar contract to just fucking write about nuking the moon Mm-mm-mm. this is My how buddy. things work folks invisibility cloak super cool. Every, I mean, I'm glad they don't exist for a lot of reasons. One time uh, I was parted, and somebody was like, what superpower would you have? Because everybody right, was of know, course. a little out of their minds. And everybody's going around saying, you know, oh, I'd fly. Like, people were, like, honestly flying or honestly invisibility or yeah. whatever. And then my buddy Skip, uh, good old Jacob Jones, goes, I don't know. I just want something like barbecue sauce coming out of my fingers. <laughs> he just wanted barbecue sauce to be coming. And I was like, uh, friend for life with that guy. What would yours be? What would yours be? Being able to see ghosts? Oh, <laughs> probably. Uh, what's the. I I guess I wouldn't want to live forever. Like, I wouldn't want to be um, whatever. Eternal. Yeah. So I guess flight. Flight. 
It would be cool to have a simple power like I can make everything go back thirty seconds, like just something time travel fun, so mine. I could just time travel's mine because I'm obsessed. Well, with obviously, time travel. by the way, everyone. <laughs> speaking of, that is what I wanted to talk about. Oh, came back to you. <sighs> Egg on your face made you cry. That's what you're going for. The <laughs> time traveler's wife on is it HBO Max? HBO Max, oh. yes, sir. Time traveler's wife, folks. I've only mm. seen the first episode. I've only seen the pilot. But I've got a suspicion that they did it right this time. Ooh. As everyone knows, I'm a big fan of The Time Traveler's Wife, the book. The movie was horrible. I still cried mm-hmm. at it on a plane. Yes, and so I definitely cried watching this one and then texted scotty and Kristen about it yes who then both made fun of me (laughs) but in a loving way but in a very loving loving of course you did i'm very excited about the time traveler's wife let's i might start another podcast where i just watch the time traveler's wife yeah you're the time traveler's husband. There's, be, That's what there's just 10 episodes yeah. of this podcast for the 10 episodes that that show will exist because there's no way in hell it's getting a second season. It's just you crying for one hour every week. <laughs> and you can play it and cry with Kurt. You can watch it and Kurt will just cry along. Like, no, let me explain to you why I find this very emotional. <laughs> I'm glad you like I it. I wish it everybody so loved something like that. I really you do know? love it. I mean, it's so they cheesy. don't. But there's some... There, I, it, as long as they... Give some teeth to it, which I think they will. I'm pretty you excited. Gotta have teeth. You gotta have teeth, guys. Go, Scotty. Give me another story. Give me Here's my last one. story. Give us our last story. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Oh, Splitty in the City, oh, yeah. July 23rd. And Cristela Alonso has agreed to be our guest at the live I show. So Cristela Alonso. The Bananimals loved Cristela when she was on the pod mm. about a month ago. Everybody was like, great guest. Well, she's going to be live. So get your butts out to the Downhill 1K first annual. And uh, all the money goes to LA Food Bank. And LA Food Bank is aware of it now. And they are freaking pumped. We're going to put some food in some mouths. That's jogging, awesome. July 23rd. Downhill. Come dress as a banana and walk a downhill 1K and end with a podcast, folks. That's right. Okay. Last story sent in by Lauren Allard or Allard. Mm. Thank you, Lauren. Very cool of you. Thank you. Um, this was written by Joe DeVita for Loudwire.com. I have heard of Loudwire.com. It's a Loudwire, man. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to know. Joe DeVita, really good in the business. A baby was born during a Metallica concert in Brazil. Oh, my God. Whoa. Sweet, right? Wow. Also. Awesome. Wow. On. Yeah. Uh, okay. I have so many questions, but continue. I hope I can answer some of them by reading this article to you. Written by <laughs> Joe DeVita for Loudwire.com. Loudwire. Loudwire.com. How many times a day does your phone notify you about something on Loudwire.com? I've actually, I've actually gotten rid of my phone because it was only Loudwire <laughs> notifications, and I couldn't get anything done. You're gonna have a, your children are gonna have an undocumented life because of Joe Devita <laughs> at Loudwire. I walk around with a laptop now. Oh hell yeah, doggy! Uh, at a Metallica concert in Brazil, a fan who was 36 weeks pregnant went into labor at the end of the show and gave birth inside the stadium to a baby boy. As the band was closing out the night with "Enter Sandman." Whoa, 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 whoa! The baby came out during "Enter Sandman." During the encore. Also, I'm oh. gonna jump. I'm gonna uh, what are spoilers? Yeah, they didn't name him Sandman. Wouldn't you name that baby Sandman? If he entered the world during Enter Sandman, I know. you have to name that kid Sandman. You do, unfortunately. You do have to name him Sandman. And Sorry. in Brazil, Sandman in Portuguese probably sounds so ugly that it yep. makes people's faces fall. Too, we have a, we have Brazilian bananimals. Brazilian bananimals, send us a DM. Let us know what Sandman is. The translation is please. I'll talk about oh, it. Portuguese um, is so beautiful. I mean, everything is beautiful compared to Sandman. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, although medical personnel arrived with the intentions of taking her to a nearby mm-hmm. hospital via ambulance, that was out of the realm of possibility as the because baby was Metallica on the verge was of still playing. <laughs> yeah, they are that good. We were all inside for two years or a yeah. year or whatever. It's time People to rock. People are psyched. 
I, yeah, they're fun too. I love watching Metallica. They are fun. Um, do, 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 do. The baby was born. I think it's. I'm gonna get the pronunciation wrong, but it looks like it's Luan, L-U-A-N, okay. which probably has a better pronunciation than that. Pretty name, Luan. Was born at 11:15 to the sound of Enter Sandman. Um, they who entered labor. She, the mother. Uh, whose name was Joyce. Joyce entered labor three songs before the show was to end. <gasps> so she gave birth very quickly. And Metallica concerts are two-hour shows. Yeah. So she got her money's worth. We could say Joyce yeah. got her cost of admission was covered. Just name that baby, Sandman. What are we doing? <laughs> um, <laughs> me, somebody that's never going to have kids. Ruin that person's <laughs> life. <laughs> Whoopsie Daisy. Uh, as Metallica returned, uh, da, da, da. so she, yeah, she had a three songs to the end, meaning the birthing process had started right around the same time as the encore did, uh, when they returned to the stage to do uh, battery. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why this ding dong. What's his name? Joe Devita wrote. Um, Talk about smashing through the boundaries. I mean, I know why, because it's smashing through the boundary. It's part of batteries, but yeah. it's fine. <laughs> uh, you know, it was a stretch. <laughs> Better joke. Uh, in every show I go to, something has to happen. But this time, I think I've outdone myself, Joyce added with a laugh. Love her. Wow. View, uh, you can view the screenshots of Metallica's reshare on Instagram. They took a family. Uh, excuse me. Metallica went and took a picture with her in the hospital. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's so great. They, I mean, they get it. They're such a huge band that now it's just like, let's just make individuals' lives better. So congratulations to the entire family. Horns up for Luan, or God, I know I'm saying that wrong with a Brazilian accent. My apologies. But we can't wait for the day when he learns how he came into the world. Congratulations. Oh, man. I hope that it was. I do hope that it wasn't like... Uh, I hope there was kind of like a an amphitheater that had grass or something soft. Like, not that it was like in those like just plastic seats. Do you know what I mean? The plastic yeah. seats of a of a of a stadium are not I think, great. The most uncomfortable place I've ever been. It's terrifying. Yeah, maybe looking at it, yeah. I went to Nissan Post Pavilion and saw Wu Tang and Rage Against the Machine, and the crowd was moshing so hard they ripped those seats and passed them out and created a giant pit. They ripped the entire what entire floor. All the floor seats were the bolted down seats were ripped out and passed in like sections of four over everybody's head. All the when way Rage back, came and they just like thrown into what? What year was into this? a pile? Oh God, ninety eight ish, somewhere in there. Um, That's amazing. It was the oh, it's the only time I've ever been truly scared at a concert where it was like, oh, like rage comes out and even as they're starting, everybody's like, we got some stuff to say. Who opened? Maybe ninety five. Who opened? It was Wu Tang and Rage, and I think Rage was first. They must show? have been first. Yeah. Right. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, the good old days. <laughs> the, the really nice. good old days. Yeah, the weird nineties. The weird nineties. It turns when, out the nineties were, like were us, weird. We weren't angry guys, so like we were just in the nineties, being like, "Why is everybody so pissed? This seems okay." <laughs> no, in the nineties, I was very angry. I was just oh, like, "Oh, not Fuck me." Fuck this. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't know to, what this to was. Sea turtles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the aquarium, just walking around, and be like, "This furniture." <laughs> You're all furniture. Welcome to my wonderland. They're like, what did we do, man? I'm a starfish, dude. I move real slow. Well, um, well, I've enjoyed drinking these bubbles with you. Thank you so much for sharing bubbles with me. We should we share bubbles again soon. Um, Come see us live. Yeah. Share some bubbles with us. And tonight, if you get this early and it's December, it's Tuesday, we are in Denver. And if it's last minute, get your booty out there. We're going to have a good old time. Come on, sit it down. Uh, mm -hmm. Olive is obsessed with saying booty butt now. So very funny to me. It's so funny, and she will repeatedly just be like, "What's that booty butt?" And I'd be like, "Oh <laughs> man!" And I every time I go, "You got me, burn." <laughs> I like booty butt. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, thank you to everyone who's listening. Mm -hmm. uh, Love the banana animals. Thank you to Katie Levine, our producer. Thank you to Lisa Magid, our intern who is also our a full, full human, human. Intern. full human being thank you to georgia and karen uh thank the you Neville and overlord to scotty 
Thank you to Curdy B. Kurt Brown Oler. We have the best time and we keep growing. And thank you to all our new bananas. Welcome aboard. Say hey. Bananas! Bananas is an exactly right media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas! Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear... Feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.